when you wait. That wasn't, that wasn't for y'all. That was for me, but you just bear with me. I'm going to try to get into this, and then we'll go home. Amen. I have to say first, it is an honor. We're no stranger here now. We've been here, I guess it's going on three years. But the whole story, some of y'all know the story, started about ten years ago, I guess now, in a cookout. <laughs> Praise God, you know it was a restaurant. I'm a diabetic, and I'm sure there was a milkshake on the table. The unlikelihood of this bond is just it. It's just what it is. If you'd have looked at the people sitting at that table, we said it yesterday, you would have paired up others than these two. But I'm going to tell you what God did at a cookout. We come a long way from a cookout. There's people in ministry because y'all know when you stand up here, y'all think we're not supposed to have bad days. Come on. I want to know y'all. I quit every Monday morning. And Lindsay says amen. I quit every, no, I quit. I don't even wait to Monday morning no more. I quit every Sunday night. And sometimes I, we have night service. Sometimes I quit after morning worship. <laughs> Ministry's hard. Even more so in this day and time. Ministry's hard. But when you've got a God connection that knows what you're talking about, and all you got to do is pick up the phone, and sometimes tears just flow, that's what your pastor is to me. In my car, outside my office, or in my office with the door locked, or at the home, or, and, and sometimes I just go ahead and put the disclaimer, this is going to be a long one, just Listen. Most of our conversations are long. <laughs> He's always there. They're always there. I know they pray for us. I know they love us. I know he'll tell me when I'm wrong. You can say amen. I know he'll encourage me when I'm right. So he's not my pastor. She's not my pastor. But they are very instrumental people in our lives and in our ministry. And so it is an honor to honor you today. Amen. Come on, you can do better than that. Give a, a word of appreciation or a clap of appreciation. Not only to, to them, but to their their kids and now their significant others and the most important person there is. Yes. She has stole the show. Lindsay has not put her down, I don't think, in the last 24 hours almost. <laughs> yes. Um, so we, we love them and we're so honored to be here. So honored to, to take a moment and to appreciate them. Look, y'all know me enough by now. They know me enough by now. I, I, I would love to come and preach the typical pastor appreciation message. I would love to come and tickle your ear. I would love to just come and, and go along with the theme of the day, but I can't do that. Okay? He wouldn't expect me to. And at the end of the day, I may never see none of y'all again, but I'll stand before God Almighty. Amen? And I'm going to be obedient. So when I, when I give the text and when I give the title, you may scratch your head, but that's okay. 
I've made a lot of people scratch their head through the years. Amen. But if we're, I want to go on to the Scripture. I want to go straight to the Scripture. Go on to a familiar Scripture, John 8. And I'm going to start with verse 3. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. Somebody say, oh my. And when they had set her in the, the mist, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses, in the law, commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? We can stop right there. This said, testing him. This they said, testing him. That they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. I know a lot of people go on into this story, but I want to stop right there. I have heard this story a thousand times. I have been in church my whole life. I was raised in church. I've heard this preached on upside one and down the other side. I've heard, I've heard thoughts on this. We've heard, heard so many messages, but something the other day hit me like a ton of bricks that I never had just never had thought of for me. Verse 6. This they said, testing him that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. This is the thought the Lord dropped in my spirit. This is what I knew I had to preach this morning or had to speak on. When he don't speak. When he don't speak. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. I just want to stop right here. If you would pray for me, pray with me. Lord, dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord. Lord God, we thank you, God, for what we've already felt. God, I thank you, God, for the waiting. God, I praise you, God, that we can come into your house, Lord. Lord God, that we can enter into your courts, God, that we can go, God, with a heart of worship. Father, I thank you, God, because you've already encouraged. Lord, I thank you for this pastor, God, the one you've set over this house, Lord. God, I thank you, God, for this family. God, but right now, God, I humble myself and I ask, God, that you anoint me for from the top of my head, God, down to the sole of my feet, Lord. Let everything, God, that proceedeth out of my mouth, God, be from your throne. Let everything, God, be straight from you. Anoint every ear, God, that we would hear from you. Anoint every heart, God, that your word would be applied this morning, God. Lord, God, that we may leave challenged, God, that we may leave charged, Lord, that we may leave changed, Father. We are living in a day where we don't need to leave, God, the same as though we entered, God, but we need to leave charge for your kingdom. Lord God, use us in this hour, Lord. Anoint us in this moment, Father. Lord God, speak to your people. We love you. We give you all the honor, God. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Church, say amen. Amen. We've heard this story. I'm not going to try to be too long. And Lindsay said, oh no, every time he says that. But we've heard this story over and over again. I would go ahead and say this is probably one of the most, probably every preacher has preached on this subject at one time or another. It's popular. 
It's a popular story. But for me, it's like we always start at the beginning. Oh, of what she did. Oh, did you hear what she did? Come on, somebody. Don't y'all whack. Don't y'all whack totally on me. Oh, did you hear what she did? We always start there, and we pass over everything, and then we go to the dropping of the stones. Amen? That's kind of where this message goes. But the other night, it was actually in our midweek service. Our pastor was preaching on hypocrisy, a wonderful message like I'd never heard before. But he brought up this story, and he got to this point, and it's like it dropped in my spirit. He stooped. And he began to write, and he acted as though he did not hear them. Mm. We are living in a day, and I'm going to talk to the saved folk for a minute, okay? We need to stop listening to everything that comes our way. We need to start acting that we don't hear some things. Come on, somebody. We need to stop giving attention. This, is a, this ain't nothing but a measly piece of tissue. And out in front of me, it's, no, it's small, it's nothing. It has no weight to it. It has no power to it, and I'm going somewhere. This ain't nothing but paper. You put it in water, it ain't nothing. Come on, somebody. But the more I talk about this tissue... And the more I study about this tissue, and the more I give my focus to this tissue, and I see every little crinkle and every little speck, come on somebody, and it gets closer, and I want to pay more attention to this tissue, and the focus is on this tissue, it gets closer and closer, and it's all I can see, it starts blocking some of my vision, it's taking my focus, do you get where I'm going, come on somebody. We are living in a noisy day. Now, look, I'm not going to be political, but I'm going to tell you something. I believe in COVID. Yes, I do. I work in the medical field. I know it's real. I've had it. We had it last Christmas. I get it. I do. I get it. But I'm going to tell you something. There is also an agenda. Come on, somebody. In this country, there is also things that the enemy has set out. And part of the reason you have so much fear on the land right now is because all the focus, everything you hear, every time you turn on the TV, every time you get on Facebook, every I'm telling you the phones listen to us. You say COVID, they're going to pop up and tell you where to go get your shot. I'm telling you, the focus is all on that. Come on, somebody. It is high time that the church needs to turn their focus back on God Almighty. It is time that we just don't need to hear. And that really ain't in my notes. That's a bonus. But he acted as if he did not hear them. We're in a noisy society, everybody's got an opinion. Preach, Brother David. Everybody's got an opinion. And you're entitled to that opinion. Come on, somebody. Everybody's got everybody's got their side. But the thing that gets me is we don't listen to the other side anymore. Everybody wants to argue. This one's over here blue and this one's over here red. And red's not listening to blue, but red wants to yell at blue and tell blue what to do. And blue's going to say, oh, no, you don't. And then over here they're going to say, well, you better put that mask on. And this one's saying, I'm not going to wear a mask. Come on, somebody. 
somebody. Y'all know this is where we live in. But here's the thing that gets me. You've got good church people. You've got good church people who ain't just started in this thing. They'll sit here and argue about a mask. They'll argue about a shot. But you won't tell someone that's dying and going to hell about Jesus. You can't convince me that something ain't messed up there. We ain't got no small children in here, dude. I'm telling you, I believe we're living in the day and hour where God Almighty as our Father wants to look down and tells us in the holiest way He can to shut up. Preach, Brother David. It's the truth. We live in a noisy society. Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody wants to argue over something, but we're arguing over the wrong things. We're not arguing over things that have eternal value. Do you realize in just a little while, when this thing is over, the mask ain't going to matter. The shot won't matter. Do you understand the severity of where we at in a prophetic hour? I'm telling you, yes, we are living in the last days. I would even go on record to say we're living in the last hour. We may be living in the last 10 minutes. We may be in the last minute. And we want to argue over things that have no eternal value. Preach, Brother David. You can have it back on Wednesday. But people love to talk. I'm Southern to the core. I know y'all are too, but we, we go a little further south. You know, we put two cups of sugar in our tea. That's why everybody in South Carolina has diabetes. And we got wraparound porches, and we ain't got nothing to do because, you know, unless you're really close to a city, and thank God we've got some things. But most of it's just cow pastures and, and a red light here and yonder. And you just sit on the front porch drinking your tea or coffee and you solve everybody's problems in town. That's what we do in Carolina. And it's kind of nice. <laughs> everybody's got an opinion, everybody's got a solution. That is, that is true, but that is false. Come on, somebody. Because I'm telling you, I can't fix what you're going through. I can't fix your sin problem. I know that. Just like you can't fix mine. If you're walking through a storm, I can't fix it for you. You can't fix our infertility journey. We've had opinion after opinion after opinion. Does it change the circumstance? I'm going somewhere. And then after that, I'll be going to Carolina. Your opinion does not change the circumstance. You can tell God all day long what you want Him to do. I have. He don't listen. To me, well, he does listen, but he's not going to take my opinion. Come on, somebody. And I'm thankful that he don't. I said I'm thankful that he don't. 
our fleshly nature. We have a nature. We, you know, let me stop right here. Bad news travels fast. Good news nobody don't want to tell. God moves for us, and we sit there thinking, Lord, if you want me to testify, let Brother Rocky say so-and-so. Let Sister Debbie do so-and-so. No, if, if God's done something for you, you're an overcomer by the power and the word of your testimony. Stand up and tell somebody what God's done for you. Don't sit there and play games. But when something bad happens, don't let me get to prayer circle so I can put in a prayer request. Knowing good and more, you can pray at home and you ain't got to tell nobody. Preach, Brother David. I probably ain't coming back, honey. <laughs> Get a lot of baby loving. <laughs> nah. Bad news, we want to tell it. Come on. We love to spread it. There was a, a situation that happened back in April, and I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but there was a gentleman, a tragic event, tra tragic event, a gentleman that was a dear part of my life, a monumental part of my life, a huge part of my career, just a, a wonderful man. Long story short, April 7th was tragic, tragic, tragic. Him, his wife, his two grandkids, just brutally murdered for no reason at all. And I'll never forget, it was a Wednesday night. I'm a worship leader at our church, and I was on the platform, and my phone began to ring. My watch was going off, and it got to that point where I knew something was wrong. You know, you, you know those things. And I'm thinking, I've got to get off this platform. You know, I had calls coming from people that was unusual. I've got to get off this platform. I've, I've, something has happened. And do you know... A uh, service went on, and, and right after church, of course, I got informed. But my parents, who lived two hours from me, two hours from the event, were already calling to check on me. Bad news travels fast. We love to... we. And I don't know why, but it's in our human nature when something bad happens. We want to put our two cents in it. We want everybody else's opinion. And, we, and sometimes we do. I'm not trying to be comical. But we're so quick to mask it as a prayer request. You ain't got to tell the details to pray about it. You ain't got to know my business to pray for me. Come on, somebody. I don't have to know everything you're going through to pray for you. A lot of times when I do and I work an altar and someone comes, I don't necessarily ask what we're praying about because God already knows. I just join in agreement with you because the Word says we're two or three touch and agree, things will happen. I'm just going to join my spirit up with yours and believe that God's going to move for you however you need Him to move. You ain't got to tell me the details. Because I'll probably forget them the very next day. Come on, somebody. But we're always seeking an opinion. We're always calling for advice. We're always wanting to know what, what you think and what this one thinks. And we're seeking after all this approval. But when have we sought approval right here? And I'm going somewhere. But when have we sought approval from this point? When do we say, God, I don't care what they think about me. Father, I don't care, but what do you say about me? 
Mm. You know, I'm going to stop right here. We are living in a day where everybody wants a word. Give me a word. Give me a word. I want you to give me a word. Speak to And I believe in those things. I believe in the gifts of the prophecy. I believe in the word of knowledge. I believe in those gifts. I know that the, word, the, the Lord works in those ways. I believe that he's done it for me. But I'm also a firm believer of John 10. And I made a note. 10 and 27. I'm a firm believer that his children, his sheep know his voice. I know my father's voice. I know my father's voice. And when he wants to speak to me, I know he can speak to me. And I know he will speak to me. Come on, somebody. Yes, he can send me a word. Yes, he may send Brother Rocky, and he has, to call and confirm something that he's already been dealing with me. And I'm going, okay, Lord, I know he's in Virginia, and we're down here in Carolina. Okay, I get it. Because he didn't know that. But he also can speak directly to his children. Side note, and then I'm going to get back on track. The problem is his children are not listening anymore. We'd rather go get a word from somebody else. We'd rather somebody else. That, that video was so accurate of ministry today. Yes, it was comical, but it was. Amen. I'm going to need that to take back to Carolina. I need to send it to my pastor. But if you only knew. But no, we don't want to put the time in. We don't want to go into a prayer closet. We can't stop long enough on our agenda to go into a war room for a little while so God can speak to us. We'd rather come and if the pastor don't give us the word we think he ought to give us, then we're mad. I'm not coming next Sunday. Well, honey, you stay home and miss your blessing. That's not on the man of God. That's on yourself. I don't know why I'm here. Praise the Lord. We're always looking for a word. And I'm preaching to me right here. I want to know, God, what are you doing? God, please fill me in. I need you to tell me how, what, when, where, and who. Where do you need me? I need you to tell me now. But he says, no, boy, you've got to wait. I'm going to tell you, if I came for nothing else, I came for that song. I'm pretty up to date on, on, I think I am, on worship music. It's what I do. I've never heard that song. Where have I been? I, I guess it was for this moment. Huh? Well, praise the Lord. Well, you didn't share it, and we were in the car for three hours. But it's not always in the details. He can't tell you everything that he's doing. Because if he does that, then, then answer me. Where's the faith? Where's the trust? Yeah, I don't like it. We've been waiting for a long time in my eyes. I don't like it. I, I don't like it. I would not choose it. Would you? Cho you wouldn't choose it. But it's been seven, seven years. Seven years. Last week, she keeps up with that. 
And for those that don't know, we've been told we can't have children, but God says, yes, we will. Okay? So, seven years. I will stand here and tell you 100% that if you would have talked to me seven years ago, and to me today, after being through this, I will tell you I have a different perspective on faith than I ever have before. My thought in trusting in Him with everything is different. Come on, somebody. My worship is even different. My perspective is different. Come on, somebody. Than it was seven years ago. So even if I never hold my baby girl, which I believe in everything I will, because I believe God's given us a specific promise. So even if I never hold my baby girl on this side, but I believe I will, these seven years of waiting have not been in vain. Because I have a deeper love, and I have a deeper thought, and I have a deeper trust. I have a deeper faith. And when I read the Word of God, and I see His promises in the Word of God, I know that He honors them. Come on, somebody. I know that He stands by His Word. Because there's been moments in a midnight hour when I couldn't do nothing but cry. When nobody knew what was spoken in a bedroom between a husband and a wife, God has shown up in the midnight hour. Or He's let a man of God, a woman of God, call the very next day and tell you what you said in the privacy of your home. I know God can do it. So I wait. Let me get back on track. I feel good this morning. But we want to know all the details. Sometimes God chooses not to speak. Let me get back on track and finish this thing. Sometimes, now God can speak and He can speak louder than anybody else. He can make His presence known. Come on, somebody. The very mention of His name not only shifts earth, it shifts heaven. Okay, so let's go ahead and put that out there. We know who God is. But sometimes He chooses to be quiet. I don't like quiet. I don't. I keep my air. I'm telling you, I am, I'm at work and I'm having to do reports and things. I have to have noise. I can't ride in a quiet car. It'll drive me crazy. My thoughts are too loud. Peace and quiet is not for me. We talk loud. We love loud. That's just how it goes. But sometimes, sometimes there's a quietness that's needed. Sometimes we don't need to give opinion. And sometimes God is waiting to before He speaks because things are happening. John 8. Can you put that scripture back up there for me? What a wonderful team. Look at that. Verse 3. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, verse 3. Mm, I'm going to close my eyes real tight. Scribes and Pharisees, religious people. 
church people. I'm going to go ahead and tell you something. I'm not at my church. I, I feel good. I don't like church people. I love Christians and the children of God. But there's difference in Christians and children of the living God than there is a bunch of church people. And I've been around a bunch of church people, and I don't like them. We don't go out to eat but one time, and you're going to pay for your own meal. And the church said, Amen. I love the children of God. I love being around God's people that we can feed off one another, that I know they'll pray for me. Come on, somebody. But a bunch of religious people, I don't got no use for that. And I, it's sad to say, and I'm, not, I'm saying this as a whole, as the body of Christ as a whole, we need to get rid of the religious spirits. Religion ain't got nothing to do in the last day. Come on, somebody. It don't have a place. We need to go back to the OG gospel, which is you are in born in sin. You need a Savior. God died for your sins. He'll save you and set you free. Move on, David. Verse 3. Church people condemned this woman. Was ready to put her out. Look what you've done. Acting like they're a bunch of perfect people. Verse 4. They said to him, teacher. I can just hear this mess. This woman was called in adultery. I'm sure they gave some details. In the very act. Verse 4. You were caught. You shouldn't have been doing what you were doing so I can spread your business. What's done in the dark will be brought to the light, and it will. But it may not be your place to bring it to the light. Verse 5. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? You ever felt like you've been set up? I'm sure no, not here. And I hope nobody in Carolina is watching. But I'm going to tell you, some people, some good people, they'll love to set you up. I love y'all. I really do. Don't worry. I don't come but about once a year. Verse 6. This they said, testing him, that he might have something of which to accuse him. Hmm. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. He did not respond. They set him up. He did not respond. I told Pastor Rocky just yesterday, riding in that pretty Dodge, God is dealing with me and has taught me and still is teaching me Size 11. I know yesterday because we were shopping, you don't wear these. You, Lisa, you can't wear these. You know why we don't need to respond a lot of times? Because you've not been in these. 
You don't know what these have walked through. You don't know where these have been. So if you've not been, I've not, I can't wear your tins. They're pretty though, but I can't wear them. You can't wear this jacket. It would, it, it would, cut, it would give you warmth. You, you might could, you might could put it on, but this jacket, well, it don't really fit no more. But it's made for me, okay. He did not respond. Let me tell you something. We need to stop being so quick to respond to things that we don't know everything about. There's two sides to every story. There's a different perspective. I've got somebody right now that's very dear in my life that I am hurting and burdened for. That I, I mean, I am burdened for and I need God to move for them. I don't understand what they're going through. I don't, I, but they need God to move and they need God to move right now. But I told him yesterday, first thing I will recognize, I've not walked in their shoes. I don't know what has gotten them to this point. And the last thing I'm going to do is start casting one of these. This thing's turning different than what I thought it was. The church needs to put down these. We need to put them down and we need to stop long enough to remember that we've all got things. Come on, somebody. We've all got things. We've all been through some things. We've all been in some places. We've all come from a place where these could have been thrown at us. Stop always speaking before you think and pray. Mm. He did not respond. You know, we're always seeking His voice. We always want God to come down in a booming voice and tell us right now what to do. We always want God to come down right now and just speak. David, you know, we just want that. We want God just to come down and speak right now. Sitting in a hotel this morning. In, in the dark and in the quiet. We always want Him to speak. And we're like, oh Lord, speak, speak. But, what, but, but stop for a minute. When He's quiet, what is His hands doing? If He's not, you know, I've been there. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I've been there and I'm going to bring this thing to a close. God, where are you? Where are you? I'm doing everything right. I'm trying to be faithful. And I know we were talking about a, a woman that was in sin, but I, I'm, come on, we're correlating. God, where are you? I need you to come to my defense. I need you to come to my rescue. Them churchy people's got their stones ready to go, God. And you know I'm from Carolina, and I'm going to throw back. But I need you. What are you doing? It's like God spoke to my spirit this morning. In those times, his hands are working. You may not feel it. 
And he may not be talking to you like you think you ought to be. But his hand could be carving out a different path that you never saw possible. His hand could be moving people out of your way that don't need to be there. Preach, Brother David. Let me tell you something. Relationships are seasonal. You got some spring folk, some summer folk, some fall folk. And every now and then, you've got a few folk that will walk with you through the winters. I'm going to leave that. We love to hang on to people. I was in a ministry conference one time, and this pastor said something that has never left me. When you're in ministry, people get on your bus, and people get off your bus. The last thing you want, you bless everybody. You love everybody while they're there. You love on them. You work them. You disciple them. But the moment that they feel like that God's told them it's time for them to get off your bus, you better open the door and, honey, carry their luggage out for them. The last thing you want is somebody on your bus that don't need to be there and ain't supposed to be there riding longer than what they're supposed to be on that bus. Let them go. You'll see them when you get to heaven. Love them. Pray for them. Bless them. But let them go. But we love to hang on to people. God may not be talking to you right now because he's trying to move some mess out of your life that don't need to be there. His hand is working. His hand is molding. Come on, somebody. I'm coming to a close. I've heard, we, I know the commentaries, and many people have speculated about what he wrote on the ground that day. The Scripture don't say. Uh, you know, a, a common and, and popular opinion is that he began to write the business, the sins of everybody standing in that, in that crowd. We don't know that. He could have went down there, and he might have wrote the sin, but he also might have stood right at her feet and wrote how much he loved her. He might have wrote something just for her to encourage her at that moment. It's going to be okay. Trust me. You don't know what he wrote. But I'm telling you, I've been in some situations. I've, mm, when I used to do that, I used to have hair. I've been in some places where I knew that I was standing on the firing line. And I needed God to move from me. I didn't hear him, but I'm like, God, I need you to move. And out of nowhere, I could almost see God's hand begin to work. We don't know what he wrote for her that day. If he'd have been quick to speak, they would have trapped him. They would have got into an argument. Come on, somebody. I don't argue the scripture, by the way. Study it for yourself. St study it. We not going there. <laughs> study it for yourself. People love to argue over things. But they love to trap you. But we don't know what he bent down and wrote that day. But something else. And I'm coming to a close. And then I want us to pray collectively. You know. I only know to preach where, where we're at. For a long time, we, we 
concealed our journey because we were dealing with it ourselves. And then it got to a point we, we could no longer do that. But when God gives us our promise, a lot of people's going to know. Because people are watching. People have joined with us. They pray. This church has prayed. This church has fasted for us. So when God moves for us, you're part of that. When, when, when God's hand moves in that situation, there are a lot of people that are watching for that. There was a crowd that day. And we know the ones that had the stones dropped them and walked away. But in my mind, I could almost see some other people not standing back. Well, I'm not going to throw a stone, but I'm watching. Come on. Y'all know how people are. I'm going to get on the interstate today, and I hope I don't see a wreck. But I'm telling you, nine times out of ten, they're on the shoulder. Nothing's blocking traffic. It's people being nosy. Let the authorities handle it and move. But everybody that was watching that day, go with me somewhere. Everybody that was looking and waiting to see a bloodbath, waiting to hear all the details of her sin, come on somebody. Everybody that had their ear turned, that wanted to know the events, that wanted to see what was going on. Everybody that was standing around there, when he did not speak, but when he moved and when he took action and he began to write, everybody, it got everybody's attention. You can best believe that. They saw his actions. They saw his response. And they saw what happened. They saw those Pharisees put down those stones. They saw those religious people pretty much admit, oh, I've got things in my own life that I, mm, come on, somebody. They saw somebody really get put in their place. Come on, somebody. They saw humility. They saw, they saw his handwork. Yeah, it went on and he spoke eventually. But when he began to write, they didn't hear his voice, but they saw his hand. 